We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings Genesis Invitational Bets, Picks, One and Done, in a recap of the People's Open, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Smash the like if you're here. Sub to Mayo Media Network, sub to the podcast as well. Leave that rating and review and play in the DraftKings Listeners League. I have the link on a Monday morning. Who would have thought? Good idea. It's down in the description. It filled very quickly, even with the delayed link last week, so... With Tiger back in the field, I would expect a lot of people jumping in this week. So go reserve your three spots right now. If you want to do your research, generate your lineups, go to fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself 20% off. Bit of a schedule change this week. The research show is already out on all feeds. Obviously, you're watching this, so you know that this show is out. Tomorrow, Tuesday, I will be doing the DraftKings and Final Bet show with Tambo. And then Wednesday... Cust, Jeff, and myself will be doing Super Bowl recap. Bit of a scheduling mismatch this week, so that is the way it's going to be. So be on the lookout. We also have another show on Thursday. And Jeff, hopefully we can get our hands on, or at least sit down on Thursday and watch, what is it called, The Final Drive, whatever the Netflix show is? Yeah, I think it might even be, uh, is that Thursday? Thursday it comes out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll uh, hammer through that, and I guess there'll be a lot to debrief debris from it i'm i'm sure 
Yeah, we got to figure out. I'll watch the first one and figure out how we want to properly recap that. I'm away until Sunday, so there may be no research show for the Honda next week. But let's talk about Phoenix. Is there any player in the world who is better than Scotty Scheffler from A Weird Lie on an approach shot? The guy is just incredible. <laughs> He's such a, to me, I knew, I knew. And yeah, it's hyperbole. Early on Saturday, he hits one that's so primed for, for a bad spot in a desert. It bounces off a cactus back into play. He hits a 50-foot birdie putt from it. My God. The guy is unconscious. The driver was everywhere, but when he's in prime position, the ball could just goes straight as an arrow right at the pit. is marvelous. He's it's marvelous to watch. It's and as much as I do think John Rahm is better than Scotty Scheffler, which is, you can throw that at me in 20 different ways. Every time they battle, Scheffler just whips his ass. Whips his ass. This happened more at API last year when he ended up beating Horschel and Hovland at, uh, at minus five to pick up that other win. I remember he had one. Remember he was underneath of a tree and somehow he managed to get it to the center of the green. So the two things that Scheffler seems to excel at is, yeah, the driver's everywhere. But if he's on a weird lie where his feet are in the bunker and the ball is above his feet, just know that's going like 10 feet from the cup because that's what happens every single time. And if somehow he gets himself out of position, he hit his approaches great all week. But if he ever got himself out of position, we saw it on 16 when he made the bad chip and had like you know 17 feet coming back. He's not the best at eight-foot birdie putts, but he is the best at 17-foot par putts. You give him, like, a shitty par putt, be like, oh, we're getting one back on Scheffler. It's like, no, he's actually going to make that every time. It sucks. Even early in the round, he, he bombed a putt, like, nine feet past the hole. Drains the, the par putt as Rom was making his crazy up-and-down um, saves, you know, from his recoveries. But again, on Saturday, Scheffler comes off the big... He comes off the, the bogey on the par five. Off the bogey on the par five, and then it's the 14th hole, which is one of the harder holes there. He's in a bad position, in the rough, off a bogey, hits it to four feet. How do you compete with that? I mean, the only thing that compares to how marvelous Scheffler was in some ways was uh, and I had no bets on this. I am not in a good place. You're a weekly watcher of this show. Like, I'm I'm cold. I'm not even swimming, like, touching leaderboards, Pat. I am probably off on, like, one of my worst five-week stretches in the history of our our show. This could be a feeling familiar to you. It is not familiar to me. No, it's very, it fam it's very familiar to me. I'm actually, I mean, I did not have a good weekend. I, I was looking at my account, and I was like, Oh, did, did I win money this weekend? And I started like going through. It's like, well, I didn't win on the Super Bowl. I won like my two favorite props, but like it was basically a break-even type night when I lost every other bet that pertained to the Super Bowl. Lost everything with Phoenix, but I hit Dayball and you hit Jefferson. So I assume that our right. NFL awards really propped up our bank account here. Oh yeah, no, crucial. And it's a shame. It's a shame that I can't enjoy. Je Thank you, Justin Jefferson. But it's a shame I can't enjoy that and i was inches away from being able to enjoy everything on many different layers more on and, the, and we'll break that yeah more on that we'll on wednesday that down with him <laughs> more on that yeah, on wednesday i guess maybe like the only relevant golf to super bowl comment would be pat 
like uh, golf golf guys are uh, the Homer Simpson gif uh, when you find out apparently we are responsible for the horrible field. Oh, is that what happened? What happened? I don't know. They, they had the USGA did the field. Ah, that wasn't smart. It's like when they went over to play in London for the first time and they made all the actually the, the NFL players play on like the soccer pitch field. Like that field was not made for 400 pound men. It's made for like the little people who play soccer. Yeah. So, again, we'll, I'll have a lot to say on the field again tomorrow, but uh, whatever. Congrats. Congrats. Uh, I, I, score, I, I drives for touchdowns like that's <laughs> they win the game. You win the game like there's nothing else matters. Yeah. Poor Justin Thomas, man. I had money on Justin Thomas, and I know a lot of people out there did as well. The dude could have just made some putts before the back nine on Sunday when he started actually making the putts, and, like, he was unconscious. That was the round that I was hoping I'd get on Friday or Saturday from JT, and he was doing that, and then he would just miss five-foot birdie putts every single time. It was He had a stretch where he had two, three putts and four holes at one point. Like, he... But I'm now worried about him coming into this week, just based on how well he played on yeah. Sunday. Maybe that is like worried because he's going to be super popular because he's got a great little track record. I my memory of him here is blowing an insane one to to JB Holmes. It doesn't even sound right to say, um, right? Was that who it was? It was. Yeah, that was the 36 holes it, on Sunday. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, but JT, I don't know. It was just a bad week. I had money on him. He hit he had one of those shots that hit the green on like a nice part three, and the ball rolled into the water. I wasn't even watching golf that day. And you dropped the quality F-bomb? Oh, yeah. I that, don't know if saw... that, that made the rounds. That made the Twitter rounds. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. From that moment on, it just felt like, oh, it can't be his his week. Um, yeah, I don't know. uh what well, else? Can, do you want to talk about... Okay, sorry. Keep going on, J, JT. It's not because about, I would assume maybe you're betting him if you're betting anyone under 20 to 1. Yeah. I, I, I mean, 19 is the best number that I found on him. He opened it 14. I think it's gone. It's, it's gone already? Great. That's yeah, what I get for yeah. being being slow here. Let's I, see. What is... Yeah, 17 is now the best number that I can find now that I refresh the page. Anyway, yeah. the Xander drop. Did you watch much of the Xander drop? Do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, I didn't like see it in real time. I saw it right after. I can't believe it. The golf god saw it though, Pat. Because what he did from the fairway on 15 through the rest of his round could only mean, as he's tied now for the lead after that, could only mean the golf god said, no, 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 sir. So did he argue that it was like an animal burrowing and that's where his ball went? Is that how he got away with it? Yeah, I believe you get that for the burrowing. That is out of that's the Phil Mickelson playbook. Um, I guess you're supposed to use the rules, play the rules. But when you're up against I, I have such a problem with that. I think a lot of golf fans do. I snickered as he missed three straight putts from what felt like inside six feet, some for birdie, some for par, maybe even one for bogey. Uh, yeah. And I don't know. Apparently his caddy shaved it, cut his hair because it looks like uh, it looks that way also. <laughs> so a non-professional is cutting his hair at this point. I don't know. He took his hat off 
after like I just saw him finish 18 on Saturday and you could see he was like demonstrably uh, rattled who wouldn't be after how he closed on the scoring holes to do what he did um, alongside Speeth on Saturday, who actually was quite marvelous on those finishing finishing holes. And Xander looked, yeah, it looked like a buzz cut that was not a buzz cut, but there was an attempted fade. I don't know, horrible luck, horrible luck. Go see a barber. Uh, Tita Green, there's only one player who was better than Jordan Spieth, and that was Scotty Scheffler. Poor Jordan, like he couldn't buy a putt on Sunday. That was that was tough to watch. Missed a nine footer on one and couldn't get it going at all. The rest, the rest of the day, I don't know that anything would have mattered. Um, credit to Nick Taylor. Yeah, well, let's, like let's, an, let's, let's an talk. Let's talk. Afterthought there, but okay, th- this is an important point because I thought that the Nick Nick Taylor was such an afterthought in that final group with Rom and Sheffler. Like that was the battle, the battle for who's the number one player in the world, who's going to win this three point six million dollars. Even when you looked at the odds in real time before the start of the round, like Rom and Taylor were tied, and I think it was Scotty was plus one twenty five. I think Rom was plus two fifty, and Nick Taylor was like fourteen to one or something crazy like that. <laughs> And yeah. he, he was marvelous on Sunday. Marvelous. He, he, he stood in there. He didn't make a ton of putts, but he made enough. Like every time he had the ball inside of 10 feet, except for on 16, he ended up making the putt. And like, if you would have said that he would have shot 65 on Sunday, you probably would have thought he was, like, you just gave him 65 where he was on the leaderboard being like, wow, that's pretty impressive. It would have felt like when Adam Long beat Phil and Hadwin that time. Probably crazier. Yeah, but like Nick Taylor's won twice on tour, so he's not like a n- legit nobody. Yeah, but this current form, like the current state of ages of Rom and Sh- I don't, I don't want to deep dive that the MX versus the elevated. Anyhow, I don't totally disagree. Um, what an incredible performance! He hit a really long putt early in the round, and he sort of got some confidence with the putter, um, or at least catapulted it from that. And then the ball striking was just incredible from Nick Taylor Pat who's only still got his tour card because of COVID his win exemption had run out so he is still on the limited starts left from his two-year win exemption um it's the only reason he's still playing and what did he win a million bucks yesterday 2.1 million for second place it's almost like first place they should actually should first place not pay more then second place, I agree with you. No, I mean like three. First place, there's so much money in this thing. They really, I, I guess the players vote on it, and the you know all the Kevin Kisners are like, no, we want to maximize the thirty. Yeah, like, like how much? How much does T twenty three pay? That's what I'm concerned about. Yeah, no, and I get it. Like if you're polling the entire membership, like no, they want to make sure that when I finish forty, if I'm going to get the grease too. But it does feel like. There should be a much bigger offset. I don't want to make this like stupid example to maybe like your fantasy pools. Well, no, there should be a much bigger offset for actually winning some of these things than everything else. Well, see, I I don't know about that because think about the best tournament on DraftKings, the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. Link down in the description right now. What makes that different than, let's say, the big $100 or $20? It's that it's 3,000 people, $5,000 goes to first prize. It's completely flat payouts. That means 
even though you don't win and you come ninth, which is still incredibly difficult to do, you still get a really good return on your money. Whereas, like, when I play in the $5, it's essentially you have to win or you're like, oh, geez. Like, it goes from 25000 to 10000 immediately. And, like, the whole point, even, like, in something like the Millionaire Maker, where, you know, $20 in, million dollars to first prize, second prize, like, ninety k or something like that. Be nice to win ninety k you know, don't get me wrong on that, but I always prefer, like, when I'm looking for the tournaments that I want to play on on DraftKings, I'm always more or less looking for the flattest payouts possible, knowing it's really random when you have a chance to win. It's no different than a golf tournament. Like, yeah, Scotty Scheffler played the best, and he won, but if Nick Taylor makes two more putts coming down the stretch or one of them lips out on Scotty Scheffler, Nick Taylor wins. Like, there's an element of luck that goes into that that you need to have on your side. That Think about it this way. Like, Scheffler lips out two putts, Taylor's missed, like, if Scheffler doesn't hit the putt on 16 and Taylor makes his, there's a two-shot swing. Taylor lips one out on another hole, Scheffler Scheffler lips one in. Those two go the opposite way. All of a sudden, Nick Taylor is the winner, and he has $3.6 million, and he gets the win, which would be fantastic. But the way that you're talking about it, it's no different than, you know, one birdie at the top of a DraftKings board jumping you from first place all the way down to fourth place, which... In a millionaire maker is like a $950,000 swing. So you need that element of luck to also go on your side when you're running well in order to get the very top heavy type stuff. In a field like this, where it's 2.1 million to second, like, would you really want it to be Scheffler wins 5 million, Nick Taylor wins 1? Like, that gap seems too big to me. And part of this was to get to line the pockets of the players. Like, this prize pool is a retaliation to live. And the one thing that I don't want to see, and I saw some rumblings about this because it's been rumored on the PGA Tour going into next year, is that these elevated field events are going to be 70 players, no-cut events, everyone gets paid. And I do not fucking want to see that. Because I think the Nick Taylor element of this is not only an awesome story, it creates... it. I don't want to have four tournaments that look like the Tournament of Champions because that's just not fun to watch. Like, having Nick Taylor in this actually made it more interesting for me. Not that I had money on Nick Taylor. I am Canadian, but I don't really care that he's Canadian. I just wanted to see someone else in there. And like, that's a fun underdog story. That's how you create new stars. And that's what the PGA Tour really needs to do is that, hey, our roster is so deep. This guy who's ranked 250th in the world, two-time winner, fighting for his card. Like this gives, this is going to buy him like two more years on tour. Okay, I am 100% really do agree with everything that you mentioned there. And I am so, I saw that report on these events, Pat, and I don't think it's even up for debate. So it sucks that these elevated events are going to be as you are concerned. Um, And anyone who loves golf, casual or hardcore, that element, you would always love when it's two superstars battling, but, but casual golf fans, hardcore golf fans, all are super aware and enjoy the charm that you sort of mentioned when it is one of those David V Goliath situations in the, in the world of pro golf and how golf is so great, how it can set up that way. Almost how charming it was a couple years ago when we were getting these back-to-back weeks of Bryson versus Lee Westwood, (laughs) like how the old guy who used to be great, like can come on and have a couple fun weeks with the, you know, new big boys on tour. So you're totally right. I don't really have anything to say. And they want to make the player pool happy. They want way fewer lived affections. It is weird. I don't know when that's going to start again, but the rumor mill is really quieted there. Is it almost like there's a big storm coming or this is just going to maybe be the landscape for at least the next year? In terms of what the schedule is going to look like or in terms of live? No, the live rumor mill. 
like the 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 um, poaching. Well, it's it's tough. Like they changed all their team names, and I know all the fan, the live fans out there are trying to buy new swag. They don't have their swag yet. Uh, Bubba's son, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and like now he's on to four aces season. So maybe it's going to really start heating up again. Bubba did it. Bubba's son is going to get bullied when he's fourteen for for apparently saying that he's be like i never said it i promise i didn't say that um before we move on your opinion of this maybe i'm just a curmudgeon i don't know i or my opinions are just so wishy-washy i can change in the moment i'm not complaining but it did feel like don't hate me people it did feel like 16 just Something just didn't, I don't know whether it had jumped the shark this year. It just felt different. It felt different and not in a good, no, it didn't feel like it always feels. And maybe other, like I saw something that other people or I'm making too much out of nothing. Maybe they just want, maybe they sent out a memo that we're behind schedule and there to be nothing happening on 16. That puts us even 30 seconds behind schedule this week, people. I think that's what, desperate. I, that's what it was. It had to be what it was. Cause I noticed the same thing. It, it, it almost felt like, well, there's, it, this is two prong because I had a friend who doesn't watch golf who messaged us like on Thursday, he was like, this event is awesome. It's like, why don't we all go to this one year? I was like, you didn't come to my bachelor party when we went to this like six years ago because you didn't like golf. And I was, he's like, well, I didn't know it was this, like this much fun. So I think that it's not necessarily that it's jumped the shark. I think the Waste Management Open has really jumped up in popularity amongst just more of a casual sports crowd. And because it was in the Super Bowl was in Phoenix, this was in Phoenix, there was a lot of tie over. I'd be very curious to see what the ratings are going to be for this week. And we'll talk about the ratings, what they might be for next or this week now for the well, Genesis. They were up big on Thursday and Friday. I, they, I, there was already a release, like huge, like almost 30 big, com, at least compared to what else is happening in this season, like huge. huge and and if, if I felt that too, and I, I mean, it's one thing to talk about to everyone in our golf space. Of course, we're excited for every stupid event that comes along. But like the numbers for the podcast, the numbers for the show basically doubled from Pebble to this week, which had already doubled from Tournament of Champions. So there's been a slow build, and then it was really a spike this week in Phoenix. I did notice on TV that it didn't seem as, like, they didn't pump it as loud in terms of the volume on my TV at 16 either. I just recall it being so much louder. And I even turned up the volume and be like, is it just because I have it like, set on low? I can crank that up to 60 and see what's going on. And it felt like they they muted. They tried to make the people at 16 less of a thing. And I do believe that. I mean, they were behind. In no world did they want that colliding with the Super Bowl whatsoever. So they had to get back on track to hit their TV window. And if they had to tell everyone at 16, it's like, if you throw anything or yell anything or cause any sort of a ruckus, you're, you're banned for life, basically. Like, get the fuck out. Even the players, like, no more caddy races. Only Ryan, Ryan Palmer was still throwing balls into the stands with $10 bills wrapped around him. Or get one on me. But, like, other people weren't, you know, I guess there wasn't Phil there, but, like, Rom wasn't throwing footballs into the audience this time around. Like, there was far less engagement with the audience from the players, which was new to this year. But I do think it was more of a scheduling thing. And it was fucking freezing on Thursday morning, it yeah. looked like. And to be honest, they always have a scheduling issue because there's always I mean, it was colder than than uh, I've been there this time. I mean, it's it's not supposed to be as cold as it was. And they got some wind 
that, um, you know, as even Colt mentioned, they feel when you golf in Scottsdale, you literally are feeling like you're in an indoor bubble that's very warm. Um, so the wind that consistent at some points was kind of foreign. I don't know what maybe the right word is. It felt stale this year, and I don't know what else they can do. Um, I don't think it's like golf traditionalists trying to, like, fight back at it. And I don't think it's even like, sure, it's overly corporate, but it's been overly corporate for a long time. Um, it did feel like they made the setup even bigger. And when I was with someone uh, in our in our car when I was in Scottsdale over Christmas, Pat, they didn't know that was the golf course. When you drive by it by a certain angle, someone asked me if that was a jail <laughs> because there's just so like it was a wall that is it almost looks like like there's a jail there. I haven't driven. I'm not really familiar with what jails look like, um, <laughs> but like the outside penitentiary wall, it's other than missing barbed wire. It's like, what are they trying to keep inside that place from the outside, um, you know, from the street away? Um, yeah, I don't know. It felt stale and I'm not comparing it. I'm saying this, but I'm not. I hope I'm not actually comparing it because I've always we've joked for years like the winter classic in hockey has essentially become a fart in the wind. You don't even know what's happening. Oh, you don't even care. This is interesting. You so, think there's something there? Has the novelty worn off? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. They can get it back because golf is so different. I guess hockey's different. All the other games, too. I hope I that would be horrible if it goes the path of the winter classic, which does feel stale as fuck and a fart in the wind. You don't even know what's happening anymore. Now I love college football. I don't really care for hockey. And um, that's probably the reason I don't even pay attention to it, but, and I don't know what they can do, but bring the party back. I'm almost tempted to say Pat that the streaker was a inside paid job. That they knew someone who's like deep in this event, organizing it for years. Like, we've got to bring this. We got to get some life here. We're paying this guy off. It's like a setup. They almost let him run so free. And I get it. It's not an outfield. You can't just constrain a streaker to the outfield like you could at a ballpark. But to me, I don't know. This is my own theory. That streaker was an inside job to pump to pump this thing because it was feeling stale. I am. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. I, know. I mean, that, that's that's a lot. I, I I don't know if you'd have to have an insight. Mean, when I was there, like we just saw people putting cigarettes out on other people and fighting when like watching Ricky Fowler <laughs> trying to tee off on Ted. They don't show that part on TV. The amount of fighting that goes on in the crowd at this event is hilarious. Like when you put 130,000 drunk 21 year olds together, you're going to throw down eventually. If someone bumps into someone the wrong way. I, I just... I'm very happy when you look at the leaderboard that it delivered. And that's all <sighs> golf needs at this point. Like, you got the leaderboard that you wanted to see. I actually talked to DeCust about this uh, yesterday, that I think we should do a power rankings. The top 10 most important players on the PGA Tour. Not the best on the PGA Tour. And it really did hit me that, like, Ricky would be ranked, like, fifth. Oh, it's not just a Phoenix thing. There's no. not a city in America that wouldn't pop for Ricky. There's not a city in America that wouldn't pop for Ricky. And it is so great to see on so many levels that he didn't take the live money for whatever reason, for whatever reason, when things were at its lowest, because we kind of feel like even in some stuff that like Brooks took it because he felt like he was broken and has to take it. 
Okay? Ricky didn't take it. Ricky goes to U.S. Open qualifying, misses by a stroke at U.S. Open qualifying and is there signing autographs for kids for like an hour. The man is like golf. He is up. He loves it. And we love him. And should he have won more? Of course. Absolutely. Do I wish he won more? I guess is the proper saying. Of course. I can't. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for what he's up to. I've shown discipline in not betting him because I think winning is hard. And I don't know that he can win a super field, but it's exciting. It is so exciting. I, and I, you're right. He's he's as important as home. Jordan Spieth's number one. So, okay, so this, okay so we should probably save this for an actual show, but here's what I was thinking. But is Spieth one? No, I had Rory. Tiger's one. Tiger, Tiger, yeah, Tiger's one, Rory's two. Like, those are one and two. And then I think Spieth is clearly number three. And then I think you can make an argument that Ricky might be number four. Like, that's not anything to take away from Thomas or Scheffler or Rom, but those guys just don't move the needle. Yeah, I mean, Thomas, no one seems to have bitten on. Cantley's as boring as a filing cabinet. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, Tom Kim, uh, maybe Tom Kim could be important, but he, I, I don't even know if that's fair. They're, um, they're, they're grooming. I mean, Max Homa's probably up there at this point, especially if he continues to win, like just with his engagement with the fans. Like, yeah. you, you, It's part and parcel with you also need to be good. Because if you're, I don't know, like Mark Hubbard's pretty funny. But, like, Mark Hubbard doesn't win, or he's never on TV, so it doesn't fucking matter, really, what he does. So, if Tom Kim continues to win, if, I mean, if Ricky continues to be on leaderboards, like, he's going to be the guy that we talk about. So, you're absolutely right in that top three. I don't even think I can dispute it, although maybe there is a Rory to Spieth debate but you you could maybe talk someone that way but you're right i'd agree with you and then from that point on post three though we can have this conversation uh we can get some other way it it all kind of landed on that live took all of the engaging personalities because if we had done this list if we we had done this list a year ago like brooks would be on it i mean dj probably wouldn't because no one really cared about dj anyway he was just good he was like rom in a way like he's just really good and that's what you know about him is that he's awesome but like bryson and brooks and reed like those are real characters yeah but the underbelly of dj is still kind of intriguing and he's got you know in that um you know, some of like the rumor mongering behind him and, you know, just who his wife is in some respects gets you a little entertainment tonight, maybe. Maybe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about the Genesis, because there is something at the very top of the list that we need to discuss. Eldrick Tiger Woods is returning to competitive golf this week at a course where he's terrible. (laughs) I get that. Couldn't he have just picked somewhere else as his home event rather than have... Can you do do Amex instead? (laughs) Yeah, I guess it really just shows the power of... um... L.A., yeah, corporate and L.A. This is just a big power event in L.A. And you're not wrong. There are probably other places it feels like he could have. Like, why didn't the farmers become the Tiger event? Didn't want to have to Uber down to San Diego, I suppose. But no, but, but, but it's right. like to my, if you're trying to find a Tiger, like dominating landmark place for Tiger to host his event. But I don't know. Does that really matter? No, but I, I think if Tiger is going to, I mean, there's only so many years left, but if you're going to perpetually play in one of these events, then it would be nice to be potentially competitive in one of them. And listen, maybe Tiger is great and he comes out and wins this week. But when Tiger was in his prime, he couldn't win at Riviera. I find it hard to believe that he's going to do very well this week. Yeah, my expectations for him are quite low. Um, but that's okay. If he even surprised me in the slightest, that'll be great. And Tiger's in our on TV this week. And I think as we've probably noticed, that's just better for overall golf. Co- like the actual golf coverage is better when Tiger's playing. Oh, yeah. yes, we'll see more of Tiger, but just the whole overall everything about the production and the broadcast, I feel like goes up a level when he is on the course. And in a perfect world, he can make this cut and he can golf early for us on the weekend. Maybe he's not even, maybe he doesn't even think he can make the cut. I don't really know. Do you think he will announce another pre-masters commitment this week? Or is this it? I do think that he will play between now. Maybe he'll play. Is he, 
they'll get they'll give him a spot in the players if he's not qualified, right? If he wants to play. <laughs> yeah. He would get it. There has to be yeah, 100%. Because that is weirdly, I think, the best course coming up for him. That or next week. And I don't think he's gonna play back to back weeks. I just, that, that's why I don't like the Torrey Pines idea. Like, there's so much hidden yardage at Riviera to begin with because you have the three short power fives, you have the one short power four, and everything else is just up and down and super long. So that's not great. Torrey Pines at this point is just too long for Tiger. Like, he's just – it's the same reason that if you just bet Tiger to miss the cut at the U.S. Open from this point till the end of time, it's probably going to be a pretty good idea unless you have some sort of weird outlier performance where he's making every putt because he just doesn't have the distance and he might wrench his back trying to hit out of that deep, deep rough. That That's not the situation that you want to be in with him. Whereas – some Pebble. Well, this, this is when Gus and I were speaking about it. We thought that – Save Pebble Beach, Tiger Woods. Make Pebble Beach the Tiger tournament because he could still win there. And then he could, I guess, save the event in in some ways. Anyway, get rid of the Pro-Am and make it the Tiger event. Okay, this is all like a fun argument, but we're just like nothing. It's set in stone. Like he's him and Genesis are partners and um, hate to do this. The, the year of the accident, did he play? Like he played, right? And that was the Monday morning. Was it, or was it the other way around? You didn't play, and he was just there as the host. I, I can't remember to tell you the truth. He was, he was he was going to play with your boy Justin Herbert. He was. I think it was. He was going to do a golf thing with Breeze and Herbert. That's where he was late for, and he didn't need a speed. Justin would have waited patiently all morning shame tiger woods uh is that too- gen i've looked into that genesis i'm still like kind of in a car market it's more money than i thought but i always go back like I'll, I'll happily i'm like such a mark pat that i like the car i'm considering buying the car that saved tiger's life like Ti- that's how big of a, a loser mark i am but it's a gorgeous car i really like it i'm seeing a boost on tiger right now two to one to make the cut I don't even know if I would take it. <laughs> yeah. But but to your original point, if Tiger only has so many golf rounds, reps, tournaments in the body, you're annoyed that he's wasting one on a course that isn't a major that he has absolutely zero chance of winning. I mean, like- I don't want to say zero chance because, listen, he's won three times after his, like, la- the last time that he returned and he won the Masters. So I'm not going to say that he can't win a tournament, but... As I mentioned, this was never a good tournament for him when he was 2000s Tiger. So I don't know how 2023 Tiger, who has plantar fasciitis and coming off a major knee surgery, is going to fare at this tournament. But it is very exciting to have him in the field. And all the players seem like when they, after the Friday round, when they were telling the players who didn't know, like they told Rom, it's like Tiger, he's like, really? That's awesome. Like people are fired up to have Tiger in the tournament. 100% 100% I saw it was the genuine reaction guys are on the course when he made that word and they're thrilled to hear it uh and it's probably most exciting for Max Homa no shit Homa won a couple years Homa should get a play with Tiger because Neiman is gone Tiger would always play with the defending champion and maybe an amateur or someone else and Neiman won last year so he's gone and Homa didn't get a play with Tiger last year so Homa gets that spot. So good for you, Max. 
just more more money for Max coming in. He's going to get that pit money going into next year. And, I mean, this is one of the spots where he's won. So let's get to the odds at Riviera. Because, again, when I did the, the guess the odds, we know who the top three guys are going to be basically on every board moving forward and just kind of switching numbers all around. Rom remains the favorite at plus 750. So seven and a half to one. Scheffler and Rory are both 10 at DraftKings Sportsbook. Thomas, Xander, and Finau both at 16. Thomas at 14. Max Homa at 18. Morikawa at 20. Hovland at 25. Sungjae Im at 25. Then you have Cantlay at 25 and Burns at 28. That is the rest of the board. I'm seeing some way bigger numbers on Cantlay, though. And as much as I hate Patrick Cantlay, as I continue to go to, this used to be like, remember we thought this would be the spot where he would eventually break through? Yeah, I had Cantley and Finau. The year they lost Bubba. to Bubba. <laughs> I guess Bubba I had, won. I had Bubba. That, no, that was uh, oh, you, that was the All Star Weekend, oh, Bubba. That's right. I mean, Bubba's, Bubba's, Bubba's won. Bubba would draw because Bubba has won so often game. at this course. You, you forget some of the Bubba wins. And you're such a good Bubba whisper. I think you later that year called his match play win. I believe and travelers. Yes, yeah, so you are a Bubba Whisperer as far as I'm concerned. But that week, Bubba threw us all off the scent when he was, I, I might withdraw if uh, I can't make the NBA celebrity game on time. Because, yeah, I guess All-Star Weekend was in L.A. And then he outdueled Cantley and Finau. Um, yeah. I, yeah, Cantley, big no- I saw 30s this morning. You're telling me it's higher. I've actually been good. I've been staring at my phone, although I'm trying to upload it, but something's not uploading. So you're trying. I, I'm, I'm staring currently at a Cantley 33. He was bad last week, but whatever. Morikawa, okay. Morikawa wasn't bad last week, except couldn't putt whatsoever. <laughs> Real bad putting week for our guy, Morikawa. Yeah, I don't. I feel like I'm a mess. And I don't think I need to change. I've never changed my betting strategy, really, since we've started doing this. And I don't know that I will, but there are too many guys in that, like, I'm just tempted, I feel, by too many guys in that um, nice restaurant tier, but I don't want to pay for the Michelin stars. But golf is telling me we should probably just pay for them. Well, like I said, 17 is the best number you can find on Thomas right now. As you pointed out earlier, Thomas has had some nice run at this tournament over the years. And the one thing he really fixed last week was he was driving the ball impressively. And that's what had been holding him back throughout the course of about the past three months or so. He was losing strokes off the tee or breaking even with the field. And it's JT, so he's going to go up and down with the putter. But you know the chipping is going to be on point, And you know the irons are going to be on point. And then all of a sudden the driving came back. I think he was second in the field driving in Phoenix, which is, that's even seems high for, I, I don't need Thomas to be second in the field in driving. I need him to be like 30th in the field in driving. And that's usually good enough for him. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And he has played well here. And we've seen guys who play well here seem to consistently play well here, be it uh, Adam Scott off, off top of mind, uh, it's just a course that guys get comfortable and they have their way around it and continue to show up and and play well here. Um, I feel like he always scores well here. Yeah. I mean, he, he tends to always score well here. Let's see. The, I mean, I, 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 Thomas, the past, he had... So, Thomas has a sixth, 
Miscut, miscut, second and ninth in his past five years. And there's the major Masters correlation here, but I don't know if Thomas, does Thomas fall into that? He's probably done something good enough at the Masters for yeah. that correlate. Thomas yeah. is always lingering at the Masters, it seems. And there's also the Quail Hollow element of this as well. J.B. Holmes has won both. James Hahn has won both. Max Homa has won both. Uh, and that's just within the past 10 years. And we know that Justin Thomas won a major at Quail Hollow, so that's always good news. If I were to make a bet under 20 to 1, I do feel like Justin would be the only Justin or Xander, but I would definitely lean Justin um, at Riviera. And that might allow me to do a couple other things. I will not be overexposed this week, Pat. I will not. The only, I say I'm in a rut. I've actually only done one thing right this year, only one thing. I have stopped betting like long shots losers. I don't mean actual losers. I just mean, um, like, I overexposing my last week, but I didn't bet a single. Like, I didn't bet a single guy for for chills or fun. Not a Fowler, not a Fleetwood. I was almost gonna get there on Connors. Uh, not not a single one. So yeah, that's the only discipline I guess I've I've shown. To look back on it, like if you need, because we've seen, you know, Rom has won twice, and now Scheffler has won. So you have the two of the top three players in the world who just keep winning all these events. But when you go back and look at the winners at Riviera, it's not necessarily... You had the one Dustin year in 2017 where I think he was four and a half to one or five to one, and he just you know, beat the brains out of everyone. Other than that, this has actually been a pretty good tournament for the mid-range, and it generally does have these... I mean, this is a much... I wouldn't say it's a much better field than it's ever had. It is a better field, but this usually is a really good field. So... Neiman, what did Neiman win at 80 last year? I caught it. I think I was a 66. 66? And that was a, like, I was ear to ear smirk. I bet that probably even before we recorded. That just felt so right. Homa? What was his number? Probably bigger. That could have been the 80. Adam Scott was pretty big the year that he won. Is that the year that like I went? The broadcast was like the worst. Was maybe yeah. the worst ever. That, um, that was the year that Harold Varner topped it off ten, and they didn't show it on TV. And I had Joel so, Damon. Yeah, I, I, I had Joel Damon who lost by a stroke, and they didn't show him until Adam Scott hit it into him on like fifteen or something. I remember Adam Scott. He was the leader. He made a bogey they didn't even show. He was like behind the green in trouble, and we come back, and they they told us. This is usually the week I tilt on. As I said, it's usually the week I'm so fed up with CBS, but it's also CBS's last week because next week we're going to NBC. So the anger doesn't really linger because by the time CBS comes back, which is the Masters, you're like, I'm happy to see you guys again. Uh, So that's I'm crazy like that. But as noted, Tiger's playing, which means everyone's game like rises a level. So you have all these guys. The dude in the soundtrack. JB Holmes was like 200 to one or something crazy when he won. Bubba was 50, I believe. Dustin was a huge favorite. Bubba before, I think he was like 33 or 40. Bubba in 2014 was like 20 to one. And then James Hahn was like off the board in trying to bet him. And that was the crazy year where he beat DJ and Casey and Sergio down the stretch in just the worst conditions on a Monday. But this has been a tournament for that mid-range. And we've talked about how the mid-range has changed a little bit. Maybe the mid-range is no longer 50 to 80. The mid-range is now 30 to 50, where a lot of guys fall this week. But I don't know. I don't. If you need a case to fade the top of the board, I think you can make a legitimate one here. 
when you say that, but again, when you say the top of the board, do you mean the guys like, are you including the thirties in that? No, no, I'm talking about the top three guys. Okay. Sorry. Sure. Yeah. History has shown that is ripe. And I, I remember I didn't, I wasn't even really betting golf that hard. Then I was working for cam and he had whoever John Merrick beaten a playoff. Oh, John freaking Merrick won here once. And it probably within the last decade. I think he beat Luke Donald or Bill Haas. Might've been Bill Haas. Uh, but Luke Donald in the field this week. Good for him. Take, how, how is Luke Donald in an elevated event? Uh, it's Tiger's Invitational. I think he's the Ryder Cup captain. But Zach's not playing. Zach must have turned it down. I don't really understand that. John Merrick. No, John Merrick beat Charlie Bel- Belgian in a playoff. Oh, Bijan, yeah. Oh, my God. Classic. What a scrub. What a scrub playoff that is. Yeah, here's how you know that there's a legitimate Masters crossover because there was a three-year stretch at this tournament from 2002, 2003, 2004 that it was Len Matisse, Mike Weir, Mike Weir, who once dueled in a playoff at Augusta. (laughs) Yeah, so the Masters crossover is real, which is yeah, so there's a few guys I'll have to discuss. You have, like, even from last year, you have, like, Morikawa and Cam Young both came in second. Every time that we're in California, it seems like a pretty good idea to bet Morikawa. Although his number has been slashed a little bit, you can get it boosted up to 25. And listen, I, I think my objectivity on Morikawa is completely out the window at this point. But do you have any faith in him here? As somebody no, like no, I'm an outsider to Morikawa, no, I'm not really looking to make that bet. I would probably rather, and this will sound so stupid, um, I, I like Sungjae more, I think. Why? Because I'm stuck on a Sungjae vibe right now. I think he's hitting the ball uh, beautifully. I, I, I trust him. I trust him. I don't know. I bet Morikawa a lot. I don't bet Morikawa a lot. I bet him last week. And I'm not afraid to go back, but I'm just if I'm going there, I don't think I'd bet either of them because there's a Cantley, there's a Burns, there's a Hovland that like, I don't know. I don't think I might be I might not start till the 30s. I could see that coming through. So I only have one bet in so far, and it is on Victor Hovland at 30 to 1. I wrote him up in my column on DK Nation, a fourth and a fifth and two starts here. No, he can't chip. We know that. And that's not how he's going to win a golf tournament. It's not going to be a dude who is fantastic chipping. Uh, I like him at harder courses. I feel like his chipping means less at a lot of places like that because whether it be the Masters, whether it be the U.S. Open, we've seen so many times that he's going to bleed two or three strokes to the field around the greens. You just have to live with that. But at harder courses, when ball striking becomes even more important, he can still birdie these hard holes just because he hits the ball so close to the pin. You just need him to have a good putting week, which he did not in Phoenix. I think he can rebound here. He putted very well on these very tough greens a year ago. So I I like Vic. I think it's a good number at 30. Yeah, you mentioned it, the two top fives. I always like your point when you meant, you know, if it does get harder with the chipping, other guys will probably be having problems as well. Not Scotty Scheffler, though. These um, these green yeah. but these green complexes are really, really weird. 
They are learned green complexes. It's a lot like Augusta in that way. I think that's where the biggest, there's the elevation changes that really have the Augusta crossover uh, where lefties tend to play, just randomly play well at both courses, just based on the way that the holes are laid out. But understanding, because these are big greens, they're fast greens. So like lag putting becomes super important. And that goes hand in hand with chipping if you're just off. Like why is Bubba the worst short game player of all time, except for here in Augusta National? he's figured out these greens and these green complexes. Listen, you made a lot of good points there for Vic, and I don't know whether it's just uh, my perception. I would almost bet money that he's top three scoring on the hardest three holes on every course he plays, like for the year. The guy just, I see him do to hard holes what, what other players don't do. And again, that could just be my my perception. I, I, I feel like Thomas is the same way. Because even on 14 yesterday in Phoenix on Sunday, like everyone's kind of struggling with 14. They have these like 50-foot birdie putts. They're just trying not to go crazy. JT's just taking on the pin and, and putting it there. Just like two 205-yard <laughs> par threes. Somehow JT will just like shape a six iron like over a bunker to put it to three feet from the pin. Then he'll miss the putt. But, you know, the approach is very nice. And don't get me wrong, Victor can bleed the strokes in a lot of places. But it's weirdly enough, I feel like the hardest holes are not where Victor bleeds his um his strokes. Again, that is maybe just my perception being reality as a Victor fanboy. Uh there's I like Victor. It seems like a spot he's comfortable. He's been comfortable at the Masters 33 to 1 on a ball striker's paradise. Uh let's go. Let's go. Why not? I would also argue right beside him, Pat. I think I just mentioned it a moment ago. The way Sam, I had no interest in Sam Burns last week at the 60. I bet him. Uh, he didn't I win. bet him last week. I know. <laughs> I, he didn't win. I'm not, re- I didn't regret it. But in, 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 I'm recapping some of the stats, more so Saturday after Saturday. I'm not going to lie. Yesterday was the Super Bowl. I didn't deep dive the individual performances from Sunday. Um, he was outstanding, Sam Burns. He didn't really get much luck with the putter, but he's out, outstanding. And I would absolutely trust him here the way he's he's striking it in, in the 30s. And throw Cantley on that. I don't know how um, I've got to deep dive that one. How bad is Cantley playing right now for that to be an offering? I, I This almost goes part and parcel with what I mentioned earlier about who are the most important players on the PGA Tour. Cantley's just not. Like you said, he has the personality of a filing cabinet that the moment he stops playing well, he just gets annihilated on the betting board because no one likes to bet him when he's playing well because no one likes him. So the mo- we saw this with – he's not detestable like Patrick Reed is to a lot of people. He's just boring. So there's not really an opinion on Patrick Cantlay. But with Reed for years, like if he was playing well, he would move up in the odds market. But the moment he didn't play well, Sergio as well, Poulter as well, that they would just get dumped because they weren't taking any action on them at the very high end, that they had to drop them down. I kind of think that Cantlay's in that boat. Like last week, when he missed the cut on the number, he lost two strokes chipping in two rounds. That's not – very common for Patrick Cantlay. He hasn't played well so far in 2023. He was 16th of the century, 26th of the American Express, missed the cut in Phoenix. However, before that, towards the end of last season, he was an absolute money-printing machine down the stretch and even into the swing season. Yeah, I mean, he should be comfortable on on California tracks. I mean, he's no Max Homa, but... um... Yeah, I mean, he's kind of flipped with Homa on the odds boards. 
Yeah. I mean, Homa's Justin Thomas now. Yeah, I'm not. I love Max Homa. Let's say every week, people will be bored. He could play, you know, acting commissioner player. He's the man. His his interaction is incredible, and he's good enough where now it feels awesome. Like, I remember even when Homa started being, like, interactive on Twitter, and there would be so many bitebacks, like, you suck. You can't win. Like, why are you even... And even to say that to a guy with a tour card who's just like, you know, for a gag roasting swings. Now he's legit proven. He's Ryder Cup USA team. So he's an all, that makes you an all-star. He's going to the all-star game this year. Incredible. I can't, I am, he's going to have to prove me wrong again, Pat, before I can eat these home up prices versus betting the guys around him. I'll have to be proven wrong maybe more than once, but I'm a slow learner. If you had to take Rom, Scheffler, or Rory this week, who would you take? I'd take Rory. Would I be crazy to say Rory? I, I like Rory here the best. He's been very quiet at Riviera. He finally started coming here when he abandoned, you know, his overseas trips. Um, and he's quietly played quite well here, has he not? I, I think so. I mean, I've, I remember getting some pretty large numbers on him. I think I've bet him a few times here, yeah. Four of the past four years, he's played it six times in his career – only finished outside the top 20 once, 10th a year ago. Miscut the year before that. That was the non. Top 20, 5th, 4th, 20th, 20th. He's just been lingering around. Like, he putts really well with this course. He chips really well with this course. Then does the rest of the Rory things. And even to look at him from Phoenix, obviously he made the cut, but was not in contention. Just couldn't do anything on the greens, really. Like, when you take a look at and it. And I have a he comment came, he on. Came, he lost three and a half strokes putting in Phoenix. Yeah, and I, I had a, a concern for Rory last week. He was, and I hate having to pick players who I'm fading, but he was a fade um, for me because anytime I call out a player, he plays great. But it was simply because I felt that this elevated Rory. Rory was in Phoenix because it was an elevated event. Yes, not because he, he doesn't play. really play there. He's like, yeah, I'll go, like, oh, it's an elevated event. I'll have fun. I'll go to the party. He probably finished early enough in his round where maybe even got to go to the Super Bowl. Like, I don't know what time you had to finish your round Sunday to maybe make that. Um, but yeah, it just felt like it was a off that great win and that battle with Reed or, you know, all the, you know, sort of the hoopla we put around it in our little niche corner of the Internet. It just felt like a forced appearance in some ways. Um, not so you can't win in a forced appearance. I've always felt his driver, his Augusta things. Yeah. Always works well here for me. Uh, and that might be an unpopular pick Pat, just based on Scheffler winning and Rom every week. He's right there. I, I just, I just think it's going to turn into more of a now, now that Tambo and I are inside the top, I have two teams inside the top hundred and the one and done. Cause I went double barrel Scheffler last week. So Ooh. that was nice. So Tambo and I talked that one through. And I think when I talk it through again with him this week, I'll see where the Rory popularity ends up going and we'll have to wait for the DraftKings pricing to be released. But I think that he's just my favorite play on the board. Maybe that just means I should bet Rory at 10 to one. Like I'll bet Rory at 10 to one Victor at 30 to one and someone else from down the board and call that my week. Like I'm considering, I'm considering that because usually by the time everything comes out, I, I had a bit of a sleep in this morning. I got everything finished early so I could do the Super Bowl and have a sleep in coming into Monday. But so I didn't bet like five guys in the morning. Like I saw the Hovland number, I thought that was good, so I jumped on that. That's the one I was targeting anyway. If anyone watched the research show, but I'm just kind of circling Rory. Like, is one Rory at ten to one worth it to me to not bet? You mentioned Cantlay, 
Zalatoris and I don't know, Matt Fitzpatrick or something like that. Not that I'm betting those guys, but I, I'm trying to figure out what's worth it more to me. And I do feel like this might, with the history of this tournament, it might be the three guys over the one. But I just really like Rory. You could just bet Rory JT and take one guy else you like to from far, maybe outside of 30, but you could do that. I don't think that would be crazy. I mean, the peak JT numbers that you're sort of, would shop for um oh, rory's already 11 and another site that i'm seeing here we go maybe people just don't want to bet rory this week um but you would for like are you, is there even a rory jt decision for you or you would now that you you sort of feel like you'd be on rory there i mean objectively i like rory better i think one v one i think rory is a better play than jt this week but when i'm looking at a jt 17 to one and i have to start considering the money that i'm investing in this event now, that number is far more generous, put it that way. So I have to make that decision, and maybe I can feed them both. Like Finau sitting right here, too. And one thing you will notice that we have watched every year with Tony Finau, because I think you've bet on him every single year at Riviera. And he's had some nice runs. He lost in the playoff to Homa. He's had some bad runs. But what does he not do, Jeff? He never plays well on the easiest hole on the PGA Tour. <laughs> to me, Riviera is where, like, going full Finau started, Pat. He would hit some insane 50-foot putt that you'd have no business making, and then he would get to the easiest par five on the PGA Tour while contending on a weekend and, and put up a 10 <laughs> over two rounds, which is essentially like a 12-and-a-half versus the field. He go full, full fee now, full fee now. Um, yeah, I've never not bet him at Riviera, but now he's a winner and he, the line is short. And I would, uh, I mean, Thomas and Rory would probably get my money. I'm just not betting. I'm not betting Finau this week. If he wins at Riviera, as long as I, he doesn't outduel one of my bets. I'll okay. Be happy. I'm not betting him. So, I'm not betting him. So, so let's try to make this helpful for the audience here and try to narrow down our card. So, guys, <laughs> guys, go ahead. I don't want to ha start that conversation until we do two minutes on Will Zalatoris. We're not there. We're not there yet. I just want to say from the very top okay. of the board, like I, I, here are guys that I'm eliminating from my betting card. Not to say that I'm going to bet the rest of the ones that are out there. Pass on Rom, pass on Scheffler, pass on Xander, pass on Finau, pass on Sungjae for me. So that leaves Rory, Thomas, Homa, Morikawa, and I've already bet on Hovland, so he's locked in. But I did get the 30. I'd shop around for that number. Of those four guys, one, if I go two, that's the entire card. I might do one. My strongest lean, my, my strongest lean is toward Thomas at a higher number than 14. And I can get Morikawa at 25. That might be where I go. Homa just seems too expensive to me. I, but that shouldn't be relevant here. Like, if he was 28, I would be all over him. If he's 18, I want nothing to do with him. That seems kind of stupid if I think he can win. I'm not betting Max Homa at 18 when I can bet Justin Thomas at 17. And I'm willing to say 98 out of 100 times I'm going to have that opinion. And I'd, I'll have to be proven wrong more than one more time for my, that opinion of mine to change uh joe and i i went on joe's preferred line shows last week and we had that argument. Love joe. 
and he he Love wanted Joe. Max Homa, and I wanted Justin Thomas. I just said if they're the same number, a hundred times out of a hundred, almost what you just said, I'm gonna bet Justin Thomas. Yeah, I'll have to be proven wrong probably more than once before I relent on that. Before I say, Uncle, Uncle, tap, tap. So, again, but I also said, I mentioned earlier, I'm a slow learner. I just can't swallow Homa that that around this group. I love Homa. He's an all star, but. I mean, I, you want to debate him versus Xander? Yeah, I can. I get into that. Like, uh, that's a debate we can have. I'm not having the. Con- I am not engaging in Thomas versus Homa yet. That's something I'm not engaging in. I mean, the, just to look at Justin Thomas, you know, two-time major winner, players champion. I think he has 15 wins on the PGA Tour. Max has six. Like Max is catching up. He just doesn't have. He has the big wins of the next step down. He needs one of those big, big wins. And then we can start having a conversation, I think. His his trophy case is actually insane. It is, the but, only but, there's thing- no, but there's no players. There's no WGCs. There's none of that. It's no. Riviera. It's Torrey Pines, Quail Hollow. Great events, great fields, great courses, but it's just not the same stature. I'd go on to say that if he can win Memorial, he gets like a, it's a Foss Grand Slam. <laughs> I like that. I, I know exactly what you mean. Or, he or, can or shake... API, too, if he wins at Bay Hill. Yeah. Well, t- Arnie's dead. But if you can win, if you, I, I mean this. I don't know what the wording for it is. If you own Genesis and Memorial while being to shake Tiger and Jack's hands in that trophy, that is front of the mantle shit for life. Even when you own a major, it's like your PGA Championship Wanamaker would be in the middle, and then your 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 photo with Jack winning that trophy to the left, and your photo with Tiger winning Genesis to the right. Um, yeah, I love Matt. Uh, Max Homa's, uh, and I love the Tory Pines thing too. The uh, oh, those beautiful Tory. Yeah, it's, it's such a um, nondescript trophy, but it's beautiful. So let's jump the next level down because I think this is where most people are going to have interest this week when they start loading up a betting card because you got Spieth, Cam Young, Burns, Matsuyama, Zalatoris, Tom Kim once again coming off an Anderkers, Matt Fitzpatrick, Dayan Fowler, Hatton, Scott, Rose coming off a win, Thigala, Keegan, Windy C, Wyndham Clark, Shane Lowry, Taylor Montgomery I think is very interesting this week because I saw, I think it was Tim Frank had pointed out that he talked about the putting surfaces at phoenix and like how he just legitimately can't read <laughs> anything on them and that that came to fruition when uh, he was not great last week. he was not great everywhere last week he was like the worst guy in the field but he does he just reminds me of cam young so much that why can't he have a cam young run like cam young had here last year agreed it's harder to projecting that is a lot harder than like doing it when no one's expecting it. Last week was probably the first time this year. I didn't have money on Montgomery of the events he's played. Um, I could be, I could be tempted. That's a big range though, Pat. No, but, he, but he's, have, but he's, he's at 90. That, that's why the, yeah, the I would argue, I bring him up. And, and I know you bring him up and, you know, history has been kind to the range. Um, I don't know. Some might say we've crossed the point of no return on that, that list. That's completely fair. So you want to talk about Zalatoris. I've been eyeing Zalatoris as well. 35 at DraftKings Sportsbook. This number, like Neiman's number last year was a bit of an outlier. 
in terms of where he ended up winning. I think he was 17, was he 19 under, 17 under? Something pretty deep. Like he played, he was uncatchable. He was just lights out all week. It, for a second, it looked like Morikawa could potentially come and catch him. And then that just kind of went away. So yeah, minus 19 last year. But before that, the four previous years, 12, 11, 14, 12. That's the Will Zalatoris sweet spot, I feel like. Only one thing matters to me as to will I make this bet is do you think he's healthy? Because if the answer is yes, then it's a bet you make. Why didn't, why he, didn't why, he play? Why didn't he play last week? That's who doesn't play in an elevated event with a $20 million purse when 50 and we just talked through at the top how much you make in that shit for finishing 25th. So why didn't he play? And I get like if I only have one in me, I'm picking Tiger. Um, or maybe he feels it's a better fit. He's a Cali. He's a, a no, uh, I think San Francisco, Northern California kid. Um, yeah, that's but 40 to one is also just, maybe I plug my nose. I plug my nose and bet Willie Z because God forbid he won when there was 35s, 40s around. I, I, um, peace of mind. I wouldn't have. Do you have any interest in day or Fowler? Because they're the same guy right now. They're the guys that used to be good that are now kind of good again. (laughs) So I'll be honest. And the number, I assume, is significantly shorter everywhere. I'd probably rather bet Day. I have more confidence right now, Pat, that if Day got into the den with Giants on Sunday, I have more confidence in him actually being able to win. Win. We're talking about win only. And in the win only conversation, I'm... I pick day, but I will not be betting on either. Two guys who have won at Quail Hollow in their careers, too. Along with Rory. Yeah. Who's another one who doesn't have a win at Riviera to go along with it. I kind of, we to watch day on Saturday. <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. In Phoenix. It was like watching old day again. It's like, oh, huh. Jason Day is fucking this up. He has 25 feet for park, middle of the cup. It's like, oh my God, it's happening again. When he won that in that stretch in, fuck, what was it, 2016? When he won the five times and seven starts and he just didn't miss a putt ever? It, it started to feel like that again. It kind of went away on Sunday. But he's close. He's going to win one of these events. Not a question about it. Um, the only question is, will it be a stronger field where it is a 40, 50, 60, or it will be when you're going to have to eat them at 18? It, it, um, it reminds me a little bit of when we saw this with Spieth and he started turning it around. It's like, well, Spieth is going to win. Now the question is, where is he going to win? And the answer ended up being like Valero when he was 16. Well, to yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you're. I don't think there's five better guys striking a ball on planet Earth right now than Jason Day. And again, uh, there's stats that could prove whether my perception is reality. But what he's doing with his irons, he's just been marvelous. He's been marvelous. It's so great to see. Even off of the, I tweeted last week, like Rose, a significantly less cringy, corny video. No sponsors, gear, or mentions him getting to put that pebble trophy on his shelf of such a beautiful trophy shelf. He owns, I mean, the trophies now, the shelf is nice also. And it's <laughs> like, I shelf. love seeing that. I love seeing that. And it's like, who's going to be the next one day Scott Ricky's still younger. Although he's in the same like mental block for me. Uh, Ricky's got to be super live next week. 
Pat, I am going to Palm Beach. We're going we're recording Monday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be there. I'm going to Palm Beach next Friday. So I might loiter over there onto the weekend. And I'll tell you, Saturday at the Honda, they know how to party. It's always a great time. And I'm looking forward to the field. People are going to make fun of it next week. I'm on record. I'm almost good player exhausted. Then I'm excited to see what we're getting going to get next week. Uh, Like the Lowry, Tommy Fleetwood, Ricky Fowler party. Woodland Sungjae. Yeah, who else? Who are I guess Sungjae's probably going to be the best player. Who could be better than Sungjae? We though? can talk about that. We, we can talk about this. We got more guys to talk about in this tournament. But for reference, Jason Day is a year older than Ricky Fowler. Day is a lot younger than people think. Because he came yeah. out at like so, 19. Yeah, you're right. Rose and Scott are probably more peers. Um, yeah, they're than, in their 40s. Although, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I can't get to this Burns number. Like, you'd have to give me a 40 on Burns, not a 28 on Burns. That That's too low. Spieth, no. Cam, no. Hideki seems good, but not all the way back from wherever he was at. At 35, I don't like that. I don't know how I feel about Tom Kim here. I don't know how I feel about Fitzpatrick's health, although 40 is a really nice number on Matt Fitzpatrick. Then you have the Day, the Scots, the Fowlers. I don't really like any of these. I mean, so that might just end up leading me to just blowing my money on Will Zalatoris and hoping he's healthy. What number would have you interested in Hideki? 50. I feel like we're going to see something. Maybe, but every like week, even, every even, even, even pop- at 50, like, do you, do you feel good about that? Do you feel good about Hideki right now? Like if we're just you know, betting numbers to bet numbers. Yeah. That number is really good. Do you have any faith that he's going to win? No, I don't think I'm just going to force a 50 because I am sort of how you have sort of talked through how your card is going. Like I'm on a very similar plane, not necessarily on the players who will be on it, but I'm smaller, harder at the top. I'm done. Uh, I'm not. I don't think I am could even. I'm not betting. I'm not hoping for much. Although Will Zaltor is a guy I would hope for. That might sound silly. I just trust him more. I'm willing to do that. Any of the Brits? Lowry, Fleetwood, Hatton? I guess Fleetwood. Lowry's Lowry's not a Brit. He's Irish. But, you know, you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Rose. Rose? No. Did you say Rose? Yeah, I I, I didn't say Rose. No, thank you on Rose. What? I mean, you love betting Adam Scott. Yeah. Do I have, will I have the willpower to avoid Adam Scott this week? He's been a Riviera disciple. He's got the win in there. Outright win, though? No. Okay. I don't think I'm betting it. I saw I saw there were 66s out of the gate, and those quickly dropped to 55s. So people, I I guess, were, were happy. In the only, win only, I don't feel comfortable with anybody here. Uh, I, I do. There's one guy that I think is mispriced, and it's the best price at DraftKings Sportsbook. He's already won this year. Following his win, he has three consecutive top 25s. Has played well at this course in the past. And I, I know who. See Woo? See Woo! Why not? 100 to 1? Nick Taylor has better odds than he does. That's crazy. <laughs> yes, everyone's just, yeah, See Woo. I've seen a lot of people like with See Woo players' futures, but um, maybe 100 to 1 seems right. And 
it is funny that he used to when when we first met him, obviously he made you a lot of money, but he had this uh, first or last boomer bust mentality. He has established himself as a much more consistent golfer now where you can feel safe, like rostering Siwoo, where in the past it was like, I don't know, man, that's a very dangerous DK roster. 100%. And he's just he's now become somewhat of a consistent player. And he needs those wins, man, because the I, they're opening up, I believe, the Asian games or the Korean games, whatever it may be to professionals for the first time ever as a way to, if you medal, you get out of your military service. And he's currently third on that list. He's behind Sung Jae and Tom Kim. So we need some wins to qualify for that. That's so unfair. Like when he needs it the most, when he's up against the wall, he's gotten ranked out. Um, Obviously I'm not debating the ranking. It's uh, he's getting squeezed out at the wrong time. He's always got a fan. He's always got friends here. So good luck, buddy. Okay. A hundred to one and beyond. It's like I said, it's, I, I really do think it's Siwoo or nothing. Like I like Wyndham Clark. I like Taylor Moore. Adrian Moronk is in this field. My guy. So throw him up Taylor there. Taylor Moore could pot. Taylor Moore could pot. Um, so they're all up there. I think they're more like if you want to take a top 30 shot, a top 40 shot, a DraftKings play in the 7,000s. Tambo and I are going to talk through more of these guys on Tuesday's show, but I don't think they're realistically in the discussion this week for betting, outright betting. Okay, they are not. Would you argue um, Sahith is just too – his numbers should be higher, but he's just a little too popular, I feel, so he gets crunched. Sahith, you know what? In terms of most important players, if Sahith started winning, he would be inside the top 10. I, From a Uber, from sort of leaving my body and observing golf through some Uber casuals who are in my inner circle. Who love him. They're aware of Sahith. Yeah. Like he, like, you get so many sun, like he's been on a lot of Sunday television for the last 12 months. He's never won, but he's always just in one of these final groups and he usually plays poorly or contends for a little bit or something terrible happens to him. But it just, listen, man, he's he's very noticeable on the PGA Tour versus most of the other guys. And that just gives him a, like, and he's a fun character. He seems like a cool dude. So it just, it makes him stand out in ways that other people don't. 100%. I mean, there's not a, I mean, that just goes without saying. His name's a little different. He looks a little different than guys that we have watched golfing. He's also very engaging and he's self-deprecating. And he's young. He'll make fun of his, he'll make fun of his unibrow. Like, or like he's not immune to like, yeah, he's very aware of all of it. And you're probably right. He probably would maybe make the outskirts of something once he starts um, winning and he would get propped up propped up i don't want to same ways like ricky did but like he'd get propped up above players who are more talented than him because he seems very marketable and eye-catching for for lack of better ways yeah we're, we're seeing it, we're, we're seeing it with tom kim right now too like tom kim being like basically the first korean phenom that is completely fluent in english is a huge win for him and getting Miked up on TV on CBS, like it's going to give him a lot more rub than a lot of guys because you can market him to an American audience. Listen, Hideki still plays the Vladimir Guerrero card <laughs> as our friend Marenzi, who worked with the Expos forever. Oh my God, Marenzi! I almost shed a tear seeing Marenzi on with McAfee. That was great. Like 
it's almost literally gets a te- like my eyes well up a bit knowing like yeah just you know, having gone back with Gabe and like yeah he's really been at the forefront of this forever and he deserves that Mac like he deserves that rub I'm so happy for him but again people will be shocked to know he used to do like Espo's post game or broad he's gonna be in the locker room and Vlad Guerrero wouldn't speak English to anybody and then the media would leave or people you just see him having full fluent conversations they'd say Gabe would say you'd hear him make a KFC order it was 100% fluent English um Hideki is he's still decided I'll make no effort although people around him he's almost acknowledged if I if they don't some like it almost seems it's desired and that he can speak English, but he almost doesn't want any of the attention that maybe speaking English would bring it or extra attention. He gets enough attention. Uh, that's very long winded, but I, I really do like Sahit. Then we can move off this pat to say, I don't, I don't, I know you didn't think we were going to get through this show. You have mentioned guys over 100. So I'm allowed to ask about a 180 to one Thomas Detry. Belgian bomb around here. Question for you. Why is, I mean, he's second in the, I think the rookie rankings right now behind Montgomery, although that seems sort of specious considering he's played on the Euro tour for so long, but Moronk is in this field. Why is Dietry better than Moronk? Who Moronk is. I don't know. Ranked. I like Moronk the is, Moronk is ranked like- higher. He has more wins. <laughs> like, what are we doing? I, I, yeah, I, I, this is a great, this feels like a really good, like Moronk can bomb it. He can get hot and cold with his irons, but dude can putt, man. Yeah, 100%. And and pardon my ignorance, I'm going to check how old Moronk is because not only could you even make the comparison, Moronk's ceiling is probably much higher because he's you you can t- you, you, you can tell me Moronk is 21 or 42. I have no idea. He's kind of right in the middle. He's 29 years old, which is honestly way older than I expected when I started making an argument there for a moment but i'm not anti Dietrich at all but that's a fair point um moronk v v Dietrich. i know sky's gonna bet moronk this week should i think we should all bet moronk moronk on the card 180 to one let's go probably want to play like the, the top 10 with that like i'm just looking at my numbers i'm looking just longer term past 36 rounds it's like rory finau rom xander homa no big shocker day is sixth Zalatoris is eighth. Cantley is tenth. And then it's like Ben Taylor for some reason. I have no idea why. And then Nick Hardy. Nick Hardy didn't get into the field last week, which was kind of strange. Maybe you think he'd be any good here, Nick Hardy? Where was it? Two weeks ago, he played pretty decent. Yeah, Pebble against nobody. Isn't is he? he not in the field here? Because I'm seeing he's on on the odds board. No, he's he's on he's in the field this week. He was not in the field in Phoenix oh. because he didn't qualify for it somehow. Yeah, Phoenix is... It's an odd event, right? Yeah, and they had a few extra sponsors exemptions going around last week that I think maybe crunched a few guys out. Um, I guess, you know, when we do what we do week to week, you sort of have memories of what guys' odds were recently and what they are now. And yes, you acknowledge field strength, but... You know, Cameron Davis was such a... I mean, I think I bet him in a, maybe two at least two oh, events already this year. You know, now he's shooting up into the 130s, 150 range. Yeah, looking at uh, Quail Hollow from 2021, because obviously President's Cup was there. Rory won, he beat Answer coming down the stretch when Rory took the drop very smartly. Other guys that kind of popped up there, Mitchell, Hovland, Woodland, List. 
Griot, Xander, Fleetwood, Neiman, Damon. Damon's someone who's had some pretty good run at both these events. And maybe we should take a look at Keegan as well, who just continues to play good golf week after week. I mean, a round of applause, a slow clap from me to Keegan. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying. Oh, it's a guy I don't bet in the outright market, and it had burned me. I think once he finally got back there. I was happy to see it for him. Uh, I'm enjoying seeing him play well. He striped the shit out of the ball, and then he kind of goes full Keegan for a few minutes. Yeah, but it's only happening for a few minutes now. It's not full rounds. <laughs> I, I think he's on the Ryder Cup team right now, like in terms of points. Woo! <laughs> Wow. Oh, points. Yeah. Like, I think he's, like, qualified himself for the team at this point in time. And if he plays like this the rest of the year, he's going to be on the team. And he's actually a really good guy to have for that Italian course. Like, he, he will get boxed out because they'll, they'll need to take whoever it is. Like, if you put, like, Cam Young versus Keegan side by side for a captain's pick, Cam Young is going to be the choice. Although... At this Italian course, I think that Keegan might be the play. I see exactly like how you're picturing that as to why he might get a leg up on that course. Um, maybe he, if he keeps up the great play, it is, it is possible. It does kind of feel like in many ways, would it be silly to say, I mean, it's so far away. Rose probably may have even locked himself in with a win, right? Yeah, I, I think... Like, there aren't many options with the lived affection. Yeah, t Tim and I were going through what the European team is looking like. There's like six or seven guys who are for sure on the team. And then take your pick. Like, do you want Seb Straka or Adrian Moronk or the Hoygaard brothers playing together? Uh, is Guido on the team? Because it's in Italy, probably. Do you take Rosner or Vic Perez, like one of those guys? Dietry or Peters, like they're fringe guys on this team. Once you essentially get past Vic, Rom, Rory, Hatton, Lowry, Fitzpatrick. I think those were the six that I had, like, for yeah. sure on the and team. Then, like, and Fleetwood, I probably mean, on the just, team, too. Okay, so when you've mentioned those guys, then it feels like there's even a door for Norrin on the team. Yeah, I think Norrin's currently qualified for the team in points. Yeah, so the win, the win on, uh, with that roster, the win does wonders for Rose. So good for him, and he can replace a bit of the old guard that's uh, defected. Quick picks for the Genesis Invitational. I've bet on Vic, and I've bet on C. Woo! Kim, and I've talked myself into Adrian Moronk. So I have a 30, a 100, and I'll play that with like a top five or a top 10, and then Moronk at 180. Uh, I'll probably play like a top 20 on him as well. Remember Peters almost won here in his his debut when he was getting all fired up? I remember him near the top going unconscious. You can you can get in a lot of trouble, but you can overpower a lot of spots on this course to a certain extent. When, right? when, when I read out the winners of this event, what do they all have in common? They're all guys that absolutely smash it off the tee. Like Homa is probably like the worst off the tee, and he's still like a bomber at this yeah. point of his career. You had Neiman, Homa, Scott, JB, Bubba, DJ, Bubba, Bubba, James Hahn <laughs> as an outlier. Yeah, and I, That's even what, Neiman doesn't doesn't yeah. like a figure, but you watch him. I've watched him in featured groups like outmash DJ, how far Neiman can actually smash that ball sometimes. Mm -hmm. So 
those are my three. I went through the guys that I'm still deciding on. Zalatoris, Rory, or Justin, or none. Maybe Morikawa and Homa. Cantlay's. That number's just like slapping me in the face. I got to see what I want to do with that. Uh, I'll have the final betting card released in the newsletter on Wednesday afternoon uh, to have all the updated information. You can sub to, f- sub to that for free down in the description, but that's where I'm leaning right now. Where are you leaning? Uh, bets that are in. Uh, Victor Hovland, 33, and um, Will Zalatoris. That is a bet that's going to be in the moment we're done here. And um, Philip Rivers might have a 40. <laughs> One and done selections for the week. Another elevated event in our three-man. I won the week with Xander. Uh, your Morikawa got you nothing. Tom Kim got 48000 for Cust. Cust is now going with Xander this week as his one and done. I'm going to go with Rory. Who are you taking? Yeah, it's an elevated event, right? Got like, to burn the big that, ones here. You, no, you'll take that purse. You're not afraid. This You could argue, do you think Riviera sets up better for Rory than maybe even any of the majors this yes, year? Yes, I do. So that's a great logic. Um, yeah, good on you with that. I suck. I don't want to burn him. It's so early for me to burn him. It's three point six million to the winner. Like the reason that I'm doing well in the yeah. one and done now is because I used Scheffler last week. Okay, I'll use another. I just want someone. I'm going to use Thomas, and that's not who I was saying I don't want to burn. So you guys are probably like Feinberg's such a weirdo. Who wouldn't he want to burn? But he's burning Thomas. That's for my mind. I like Thomas. I mean, of the four teams that I had last week, I used two Scheffler, one Thomas, and one uh, Vic. Just because I knew no, I think Vic was like 0.2% owned. I was oh, like, shit. maybe I'll catch lightning in a bottle, but that didn't happen. But even JT ended up playing pretty well. Like, I, I'm not, I think JT got like $800,000. Like, I don't know. If you told me that, that if I'm going to burn all my top guys and they earn an average of 800K in all those tournaments, I mean, I'd want it to be more than that, but it's still pretty good, I think. Yeah, I'm just going to make sure I haven't used Thomas. You haven't. Think you have not used Thomas. Yeah. I'm staring at it right now. You haven't used anyone good. You used Spieth week one, Morikawa last week, Sungjae at Farmers. Then you had like Hoagie and Power. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. That's it. I, another elevated event, Pat. And then there's a bit of, well, not even a lull. Honda's just a lull. Then it's Bay Hill and players, right? Correct. Wow. Then Valspar, match play, Texas, Masters. We're almost there. Fire it up. Heritage. Maybe After I that. can get off the mat this week. Elevated event at the Heritage. Maybe Vic can win us all the monies this week. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, I hope so. I would love that. I love him. I want him to get going. Well, that will do it. On the Pat Mayo Experience, you can catch Jeff, myself, and Cus back on Wednesday talking NFL. Me and Tambo on Tuesday talking more golf than more golf on Thursday in a very special show. So tune into all of that. Smash the like, sub to the channel, play in the Listener's League and fantasynational.com slash Mayo to get yourself 20% off. Newsletter link down in the description as well. Completely free to join. Go do all that. Help us out. And I will see you next time. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. 
It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP SmartSide today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save 